0: of Leo G Show. I am Leo G, and podcasting is what I like to do. Uh, we're doing it big for Atlanta sports, as we always do, and we love to do it, so we're going to continue to do it, man. So look, before we get further in the show, I got to pass it around to the guys that to help me do this thing, man. I'm going to pass it off first to my man over there in the East, my boy Derrick O. Man, what's going on, man?
1: What's going on, Leo G? It's another episode. we ready? Let's rock.
0: Another Yes, sir. Another episode. We ready, man. We ready to do it, and we ready to talk some Atlanta sports. We ready to talk sports from a fan perspective because that's what we like to do, man. So without further ado, I got to pass it down to my man on the south side there, man. He he, ready, man. He, you know, he ready, man. What's going on with you, Banks? Hey, what's going on,
2: Leo G? How you feeling? What's going on, Derrico? What's up?
0: Man, we feeling all right, man. Going to talk a little Atlanta sports tonight. Yes, sir. Derrico, you, you feeling all right? You ready to talk a little Atlanta sports tonight?
1: Yeah man, I'm feeling alright. You know I got a little early start so That's what's up. <sighs> That's all I got to say.
0: Man, you want I mean, so we are going to do a fit chat, drink chat real quick before we jump into the um to the outline, man. Let everybody know what you got on, man, cuz it's really fitting going into the theme of the show tonight, man, and and also, man, you you don't to, you you look like you real legit with the the whole setup with the earpiece and everything going on over there, man. What's up?
1: Hey man, I had to improvise today, man. Hey, my, um, my regular laptop is stored away in our tailgate trailer because, you know, when I flew out to Seattle, I left straight from the tailgate and I left all my equipment. So that was part of the equipment. I left my, my laptop. So we're well, we going to make it work.
0: Absolutely. Let everybody. So we gonna talk. We gonna talk a lot about you know what you got on tonight for a little minute, man. So let everybody know how you feeling and what you got on. Cause usually you be rocking with 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 them Georgia boys, but apparently today you feeling some type of way, man. So let everybody that's listening know what you what you got going on and what you drinking on if you are hey. drinking on
1: something. Hey, I'm representing them Florida State Seminoles today, man. I got to because when you coming a long way from where we have been. You got to represent today, so I'm gonna represent my boys today. So I got my fear the spear, Florida State hat. Got the Glenn Karen, Florida State. I got the sipping my cold beverage, Florida State. So that's it, a, um, an ultra. And <clears throat> I think I may have did this before, but I'm gonna do it again. I got this old forest uh, single barrel. Barrel strength. It's coming in at a cool one thirty three.
0: Light Truth. work. Light work. Light
1: yeah, work. So, had to, so that's why you had to get a little a little a little sip in there. You know what I'm saying? So let me toast Light it up work. one time for my undefeated eight and oh Florida State Seminoles
0: Boy, that's one of them Georgia Banks, that's one of them Georgia boys That you know, grew up right there on that line, man. So, you know. He got love. We ain't gonna we ain't gonna we ain't gonna talk about him too bad. But he got love for both, cause he grew up right there on hey, that line, man. You know, hey, Georgia, twisted, South man. Georgia boy. That's
1: right. Don't get it twisted now. Still,
0: <laughs> I'm still for them dogs. Hey man, listen. Listen, dogs. dog. I I I ain't no j hey, this is a judgment free zone here, brother. I mean, you know, like I said, when you come from a, thr- a a stone's throw away from from that line, man, you know, things happen. So I I I feel you, man. You still rock with them nose, man. So I ain't going to give you no hard time. Banks, kick it over to you, man. Let everybody know what you're rocking. Let everybody know what you're sipping on tonight.
2: Well, since we are um, doing undefeated and eight no's, I guess I better um show out for these um, back-to-back champs with the back-to-back champs jersey with my my dog chain. Y'all see it. Y'all see it. So, um, yeah, I got to do it for the uh, feeling kind of dog today. So, woof, woof. And uh, today, I had to go with all reliable. You already know, fellas. I got to do my do say, okay. so that's my that's my go to right there. So I'm, I'm I'm sipping good.
1: Oh, you feeling spunky? That's what's
0: Feeling good, yes, sir. That's what we talk. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying with the do say, and uh, you know with them with them dogs. You know you got you got to bounce right back at them uh, banks with 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 the undefeated nose, and then you know we get them undefeated dogs. Apparently, I ain't get the memo that we were doing college football apparel. So I got on. You know, I'm still rocking. I'm rocking the A, obviously, man. I got my 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 dun hat on, man, with all of the the Falcons logos there. Y'all see it, man? And I got on. I just I threw on my Falcons polo, man. This is a special Falcons polo that I got on tonight. And the reason this is a special Falcons polo for me is this is my father's Falcons polo. This was the last uh, polo that my dad bought. Um, you know as a Falcons fan my father passed away back in 2019 and this was his and you know I I keep it and I I threw it on man as we were about to do this show man so my dad was a big Falcons fan man obviously we talked about it before man you know he was a fan with the inception of the team back in 1966 all the way up until his passing man he loved the team and he passed that on down to me I've obviously passed that on down to my son as well so you know we rock for the dirty birds we love this city we rock for the home team man and that's what we do um tonight i'm sipping on a little something light man so i'm sipping on um some rare breed some wild turkey rare breed derricko just a little bit but i do got something for you man i did i was able shout out to my plug man and shout out to the spot i love to go to we did we got another single barrel pick you know what i'm saying they that they always coming through, man. The tap house always doing something. They got a single barrel pick. This is Punch's Chance. This is a Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, um, hand-selected by the tap-out. One, maybe one of these days, he's going to get me to go up there and, and help him and select one of these single barrels. It's coming in at a good 59.1%, so probably a little, right at about 120 proof. Not not that high obtain that you got going on over there, Derricko, but we had about 120. We hadn't cracked it, Um but we we'll get a chance to, you know what I'm saying? So shout out to Tap House man and, and what they do over there man and you know, we love we love we love to see it. We love to see it. another single barrel that I'm going to get to, get to 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 hey, to, bring to it taste we just a minute.
1: We'll
0: crack it. I'm sorry, I beg your pardon. I he broke up. I said bring it to
1: the tailgate.
0: We'll crack it. Yeah, you you breaking up. I don't know what you just said, but um, yeah, Derek. we'll get we'll get to the... <laughs> We'll 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 get it out. We'll do some, man. I might. I, well, I don't know if I'm gonna be at the tailgate this Sunday, but I'll definitely be at the the next tailgate, which will be a big tailgate. We'll get into that in just a moment. So, look, fellas, man. Hey, look, little time has passed, man. You know, we in that prime time of the year where we got a lot of sports going on. Um, unfortunately, one of our teams in this city let us down. We talked about that a little bit on the last podcast, the World Series. I just got word that this was the lowest viewership of a World Series ever. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to talk about that just a minute. Diamondbacks versus Rangers. Rangers took it, I think, in five, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't even watch not one game. I didn't watch not one game. Banks, were you surprised that this was the lowest viewership of any World Series that there's ever been, man?
2: Absolutely not. It's Diamondbacks versus Rangers next next topic <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know not one diamondbacks or rangers fan man Cole, you feel the same way
1: I mean it shouldn't be like that but it is like that you know for some reason people just want to watch blue blood play in championships but you know yeah
0: I mean yeah man it's weird when it comes to these championships man and I've heard I've heard a lot from different sports fans. I mean, get fellas, we are locked into the city and we locked into our teams. We want to see our teams, obviously, in these championships, you know, whether it's the World Series, NBA Championship, Super Bowl, whatever. But a lot of people that don't necessarily have a quote-unquote, a horse in the race, they like to see, you know, I guess these sexy matchups, these sexy teams. Obviously, one of the teams in the city is the Braves. You know, we talk about Braves country and how extensive it is and how you have fans all over the country with the Braves. But like you said, Banks, it's the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. It's just not a sexy matchup, man. For the real sports fans, Banks, like how much does it matter to have a sexy matchup when we talk about these championship games? Because I know, like I said, we locked in with the teams here in this city, but I guess it really matters to have sexy teams here in these championships
2: um only because of probably um vegas purposes i i I don't know i'm 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 shooting darts here i don't know why that you know any sports for that matter. not just baseball basketball football hockey everyone wants to see the blue bloods like sterile derico said uh be on the big stage i have no idea why is that's like that um you talk about you know football for example with the NFL and the first thing everyone wants to talk about is Kansas city hypothetically if they get knocked out and let's say somebody like the Ravens get up in there or, you know, the dolphins, the dolphins, you know, and it's like, okay, nobody wants to really want to see that because Patrick Mahomes not there or, you know, on the, on the NFC, you know, Eagles not there or I'm not saying that team name, uh, the, the the team that team that resides down in Texas, I'm not saying their name because it's, they've given them all the benefit and the, all the all the satisfaction to say they're a blue blood team, but they're not. But um it's just a it's all about it's all about tradition, you know, tradition in the in the long run. You know, if you think about tradition, back when we were coming up, it was always the same teams over and over again. And that's what I think a lot of people want to keep seeing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I said, if you start moving outside of the major markets and you start moving into some of those areas that don't really have a market as far as like a professional team, like, you know, we go back to when in the NFL's inception, like you had to literally pick, you know, like the you know, they, they show that team, like you said, banks in a lot of markets, or they show other teams that were successful. Uh, i.e. the Pittsburgh Steelers at one point the Dolphins were a successful franchise that they showed a lot of people watch the Packers so you have pockets of those fans all over the place and then even though they got regional uh teams in certain markets they just roll with them so you have a large uh fan but ba- you have large fan bases um for those those teams and they just you know they they die hard and they follow so like you said man it's sexy the blue blood teams or whatever the case may be Derek call oh, you want them Kinda of expand on that, man, before we move into the to the meat of the show.
1: No, we can go ahead and move, dog. Ain't, ain't no use to beating that dead horse, cause nobody's really interested in, in talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks and the uh, Texas Strangers.
0: All right, no doubt, man. So listen, like I said, man, got a lot of stuff going on right now. A lot of um sports and a lot of moving pieces. We hadn't talked about this in, in quite some time. Uh, college football, fellas, uh, I've been kind of out of the loop, man, with my son playing, um, you know, uh, competitive soccer now, man. He's moved up a little level playing soccer. So my Saturdays have been busy with soccer games at 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So I hadn't really been locked in and tuned in to college football like I have been in the past. But we are now here midway through the college football season. We just had the first college football playoff rankings come out. Those are the ones that matter. This is the separate entity from from the NCAA that represents the bowl games that actually now decides who is the national champion when it comes to college football. So uh, I want to say Tuesday night they came out with the first rankings. Um, And where we are with them, um, you got Ohio State number one, georgia number two michigan number three and of course florida state number four right now all those teams are undefeated if i'm not mistaken um so banks i'm I'm gonna kick it over to you here man did the committee get it right i mean obviously this is early this is the first ranking that just came out with what we've seen thus far is this where it needs to be as far as how this lines up as of right now the first rankings
2: I seem to think so. Uh, I think it's spot on. Um, You give um, Ohio State, you know, they did beat Notre Dame. They did beat Penn State. So, I mean, they were all top ten at the time um, when they played them. So, looking at what Georgia played, we really haven't played anybody. You know, it's not really their fault either. But, you know, if you want to go by strength of schedule, that's what they're doing, Ohio State deserves to be number one.
0: Okay, all right. Pass it over to Jericho here. I know you might be a little impartial to this because Florida State coming in at number four, they did have some quality wins. I want to say they 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 beat a ranked LSU team at the beginning of the season. They beat the ranked Duke team. They're sitting at number four. Do you feel like Florida State should have a little more juice and they should be ranked a little higher than where they are, or do you feel like the committee get, the committee got it right right now with the preliminary rankings? Well,
1: let me let me preface this in saying that the committee basically are are men and a couple of females so what they want to do is create a little early season chaos so they put Ohio State and Michigan in there in there knowing that one of them going to lose so as of this early week you know I'll take it because I I I will always say in order to beat a man you got to beat the man so Georgia, two-time defending champions, in my eyes, will still be number one until somebody knock them off. So that's what I will say about about that. But I understand the, the 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 concept of them putting this early ranking out. Like I said, to cause a little chaos, cause a little controversy, have somebody talking about it, and that's that's basically what they want. It all shake out in the end, and I think either Ohio State or Michigan want to be in the top four. As long as Florida State do what they do, and as long as Georgia do what they do, uh, Georgia and Florida State will still be in the top four.
0: I agree. I agree with uh, with what you are saying here. You know, you know, like you said, man. The the whole it goes back to like I said, to to beat the man, you got to beat the man. Obviously, like you said, Banks, Georgia had no control over their schedule. I mean, obviously, they were supposed to play Oklahoma this year because Oklahoma's making the move to the SEC. That ended up having to change, and Georgia had to make adjustments to their schedule, and it showed for a weaker schedule, obviously. Uh, they don't really have any qual- like big quality wins, quote-unquote, like you said, Ohio State with a big win over other Dame. We do know that Georgia did beat a ranked Kentucky team, but they're now going into the middle of their schedule with a ranked opponent in Missouri coming up, that we'll talk about here in just a minute. You got Tennessee, and you also have um, – I want to say, is there another ranked opponent on Georgia's schedule? I'm not for sure. Um, Moving forward. Uh, I know they got Ole Miss. I know they got
1: Ole Miss is ranked.
0: Ole Miss is ranked. They got Missouri. They also have Tennessee uh, that's ranked as well. So Georgia is coming in the back half of their schedule against some some opponents. So they're going to get some quality wins as well. So we talked about the first one, two, three, and four. So let me give you the next four because they're also going to probably, play, probably play, a, play a factor moving down the line because, you know, if they if things continue to go the way that they go and we get into these championship games with the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the SEC, we're going to see a lot of movement and shake up. So the next four teams uh, coming in at number five, you got Washington, uh, six is Oregon, seven is Texas, and eight is Alabama. Um, So, uh, I'm going to talk about those four teams here in just a minute, fellas, before I kind of move the needle, and I'm going to come over to you here, Banks. With those four teams that I just mentioned, uh, Washington, Oregon, Texas, and Alabama, which one of those teams here are likely to maybe make a push to be uh, a top four team and make it to the college playoffs here?
2: You might want to keep your eye on Washington. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., man, is a Heisman candidate. He's He is throwing that rock all over the field. Um, They're clicking on all cylinders offensively. Um, I don't want to say that they haven't played anybody because they did. Uh, They play in that Pac-12, which is probably surprisingly a good conference right now, um, believe it or not, fellas. Um, I would say Oregon, but I I don't know. I got my reservations with them. Um, Texas, I don't know. Alabama. I see chicks in the armor, so I mean, it it seemed like it's Washington to be that that team that's got a a clear a clear path for them to go a long way. And just to um to piggyback on what I was saying, you know, they have a schedule, they rank number five in the college po- football ranking. <clears throat> they still have to play uh, SC, fellas. I think they play SC this Saturday um they play um utah after that and then oregon state and then washington state so if they get through that gauntlet they deserve to be in the top four well they still, gotta the cha- they still
0: got to play the champ. they still got to play the path to the championship as well
2: A- absolutely but what i'm saying is so does georgia so does michigan or, or ohio oh, state, ohio and, state. So, and so does florida state florida so state. it's fair i think they get past those four games they should be in the top four is that fair i mean,
0: that is fair to say, man. I think Washington has a a good team. I did get a chance to watch Washington versus Oregon, man. You know, and and Pennick, like you said, man. I think he's making a a good case, a good push for 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 the Heisman candidacy as well, man. He's leading that team, um, up there in Washington. So, Derrick, Hall, I'm gonna take it over to you. Five, six, seven, and eight. Uh, where do you see one of those teams? Um, being able to make a push to put themselves in the top four, man, actually going into the college football playoff?
1: I mean, y'all just name that gauntlet that Washington has to go through. and It's going to be tough. Um, it, it really is. I think they're going to end up losing one of those games and then that'll catapult probably Oregon up there. Um, Texas schedule, I mean – I mean, they probably got the easier road out of them bottom four that you're talking about. They got, coming up, they got K-State, TCU, Iowa State, and Texas Tech. So if you're looking at the schedule that's remaining, Texas has the better push at winning that fourth and final spot. And I'm not going to sleep on Alabama because Alabama right now is rolling. Yeah, uh, I hate to say it, but Alabama's rolling right now. The only trip up they're gonna have is in the SEC championship game and that's against them Georgia Bulldogs. So what? Alabama Alabama's the one that's sitting nice as far as if you if you if you talking about out of those four teams that you just named, Alabama probably got the nice schedule that'll get them to where they wanna be. And I know that dude um, Saban is probably licking his chops, knowing that he probably got the best schedule remaining against these teams. I don't trust LSU. He gonna play Kentucky, and then they got I don't know why they got Chattanooga in there somewhere. They got Chattanooga in there. Like well, I,
0: I mean, remember. I mean, so listen, I mean, yeah, I will agree with you. You know, Bama is sitting in a good spot, but I mean, you know, they play. If I'm not mistaken, they play LSU this week. They play LSU Saturday. I don't know if it's at Brian, is it at Brian Denny? Somebody could correct me if I'm right. Is that Brian Denny up in Tuscaloosa is not down there? If right. it, if this was down it's at all Death all Valley, yeah. if, it, if this game was at Death Valley, man, I would say that this could be very well a toss-up. Since they right. are in Tuscaloosa, I mean, LSU is going to come out to play. They will come out to play. Um, how much do you trust LSU, like you said, Derek Cole? I don't know. But this is an SEC West game. This is going to be a game where I think that it's not, it's, it's not going to be a walkover win for Alabama. They're going to have to fight tooth and nail, in my opinion. But like you said, LSU cannot be trusted. You know what I'm saying? Can they, can they really give you a quality a win? It, you, of course, obviously, your boys saw them earlier on, but LSU has been inconsistent here over the last couple of years under Kelly down there. And like I said, if this was down at LSU at night, at in Death Valley, let me tell you something, man. It's a, it's a totally different dynamic if it's in Baton Rouge. But since it's in Tuscaloosa, the advantage kind of goes to Alabama. And then, like you said, the rest of that out, you know, you kind of work your way all the way to Atlanta, where you'll probably more than likely face the dogs. And that's where your biggest challenge will come. Like you said, Banks, Alabama, with a lot of chinks in the armor this year, we're not used to seeing with Nick saving teams. They have some deficiencies. They have some weaknesses. that have been exploited early, obviously. And that's where they are in the position that they are in, um, taking that L from Texas early on but we'll see but they they are in prime they they they're in prime um in the prime position to kind of uh dictate their own fate especially being in the SEC we all know that the SEC gets favor they're, they're uh favored and they get favorable, you know, calls when it comes to to college football it, that's just been uh traditionally the SEC has gotten favorable calls uh, going into the college football playoff. So look, fellas, like we just we just kind of touched on it a little bit. I want to get you guys' take on what are the most impactful games that are going to actually, uh, you know, put us where we need to be. I'm going to start first. I'm going to say that, you know, I know there are a, a couple of other big games that are going to kind of determine where we sit. Of course, the championships are. But going in b- before the championships, there are a couple of games that are going to be very impactful. I'm going to say that my game is going to be this week. It's going to be LSU-Alabama because if Alabama does not get this win, that shakes up the SEC West, and that obviously is going to put one SEC team now in the forefront after the SEC championship, right? So I'm going to see my the, the, the biggest game to me is actually going to be What can Alabama do to put themselves, like you said, Derrick in prime position to move into Atlanta and to win the SEC West? So that's my most favorable game. I'm going to be watching LSU-Alabama to see if Alabama can get past this hurdle and then move into the SEC West Championship and then meet, hopefully, Georgia and Atlanta. Banks, I'm going to bring it over to you. What game are you looking to see that are kind of, you know, chop this up or shake this thing up as we move forward, getting closer and closer to the um, championship
2: games? Well, I'm just going to say the obvious game, and that's Ohio State and Michigan. I mean, that game determines, you know, after the whole shakeup of all shakeups, you know, one of them's not going to be there. Um, The way that Washington is playing, the way that Florida State's playing, the way Georgia is playing, one of them's going to have one loss, you know. And you can't, you know, you get them, you know, kind of, you know, discussions about one loss teams that's going to make it in. Um, The teams like your Oregon's and your your Alabama's, you know, and it's getting to the point you don't want to be in that conversation. You want to go ahead and complete all your games, be flawless, get to your championship games and get in that playoffs and then everything, let the chips fall where they may. But if you get this one loss going into the championship week and you don't know if you're going to be there or not, that's not a good feeling, you know. So I think Michigan and Ohio State is the game. The absolute game. That's
0: the absolute game. The granddaddy of them all, I guess. <laughs> Over to you, Derrick man, What matchup do you see being the biggest shakeup or being, you know, uh, uh, potentially the biggest effect, impact having on the college football playoffs?
1: I mean, I already alluded to that when I talked about the top four teams that's in there. that's Michigan, Ohio State, um, Georgia, and Florida State. That Michigan and Ohio State game will absolutely be the one even though it's the last game of the season, if we if we get before that game, I'm going to say UGA got a tough ride with Missouri and Ole Miss back-to-back. Back. The good thing about those two games is they're at home. I mean, if they go through that gauntlet unscathed, then we're good. But if not, then I'm going to go like Bake bank said. I'm going to revert back to the last game of the season between Ohio State and um, Michigan.
0: Absolutely, Georgia still I think has to go to Neyland too to play to face Tennessee if I'm not mistaken as well, right?
1: Yeah, they got to go to Tennessee, but for me, nah, it's gonna be Missouri <laughs> and Ohio. I'm saying, and, um, and Ole oh, and, and,
2: and, and, and going to piggyback what you said about Neyland Stadium by that time, Tennessee. Um. Well, may have a, will have another loss on their belt. So if that's the case, then Georgia will have that division already locked up. So you will want to win that game, but I don't think that game will knock them out any form of fashion. Cause you still play in the ACC championship.
0: Absolutely. That's where you want to be. You want to end up in Atlanta here in the SEC. So fellas, before we wrap this segment up, man, listen, uh, sleepers favorites. I don't know if you got, I mean, we talked about it. We, we, we kind of gone through the weeds a little bit. Um, so I'm going to start out, man, sleepers and favorites. Obviously, favorites, I'm going to go with Georgia because, like you said, Derrick Coleman, to be the man, you gotta beat the man, you um, got to beat the man. Georgia's still rolling on. One of the biggest uh, streaks going on right now in the SEC. They have consistently found ways to win, even though, you know, it was tough sledding early on. But I think that the Georgia team was just trying to find their way, and now they're finding ways, even without arguably their best player, right? We just faced a great rivalry uh, in Florida. We were able to beat them handily without, you know, Brock Bowers, the best player that we actually have on that team. Um, they playing sound football. Kirby has them locked, loaded, ready to go, and focused on the next task. I know last year Missouri presented a problem for Georgia. They had to come from behind to win that game, but I don't think that's the case this year. I think that now they're aware of who they are facing in Missouri. And I think that in Athens, this is, this is going to be a different game. I'm not, you know, overlooking Missouri, obviously, but I think that now Kirby is going to have them prepared to play Missouri and do what they need to do in order to dispatch them and move on to the next week. Uh, My sleeper banks, my sleeper is going to be Washington, man. Can Washington hold a line, get to the pac 12 and put themselves in position to, to be there. In the college football playoffs, I mean, they beat obviously Oregon and Bo Nix. You know, the fifteen-year uh, senior at Oregon, Th- that was I think the biggest hurdle that they had over there on their side. You do have a tough Utah team, but I want to say somebody just walked walked into into Salt Lake and just busted Utah up last week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I forget who it was, but somebody just did. It somebody beat. The Oregon walked into Salt Lake and beat Utah. So yeah, so like I said, Washington right now, in my opinion, my sleeper to be able to try to handle their business and move into that Pac twelve championship and set themselves up to 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 overtake somebody. And I, that's and that's a lot of things have to happen. Obviously, with the shake up, we didn't, I didn't really say anything about Florida State because Florida State still has to make their way and they have to get through the ACC championship in order to get there as well. But my personal sleeper is Washington. So my favorite is Georgia, obviously, and my sleeper is Washington if they handle their business to make their way into the top four. Derek, I'm going to bring it over to you. Favorite and sleeper to take it into the top four and obviously maybe possibly win
1: this whole thing. At the end of the day, I'm not going to discount that team next door to Mississippi in between Louisiana. I'm going to say, well, on the other side of Mississippi, in between Mississippi and Georgia. I ain't going to call their name, but you know what I'm talking about. Because their schedule absolutely sets them up to be that team. And they will bring everything that they got in the SEC Championship. It was between Georgia and Alabama. And if they somehow, somehow get unscathed to the SEC Championship, in some way, I'm not saying they will with some way they beat Georgia, you will not see this college football ranking committee keep Alabama out of the championship playoffs. I'm just saying. So my sleeper. So that's a sleeper. Yeah, it's going to be Alabama.
0: And your favorite.
1: Yeah, I think this is what I say about Washington. If Washington has to play Utah at night, that game will be better than most people probably think, considering what happened to Utah and Oregon. I just know that they have a they have a good program over there, and for some reason, every year they find a way to just knock somebody out that they shouldn't and I think that'll be the time if that Utah game is at night.
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And your favorite,
0: obviously, as we move forward.
1: As far as winning or
0: your fa- your favorite, as far as like taking this whole thing.
1: Hey man, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, again, until someone beats UGA, them dogs. That's gonna be my favorite. I'm just sorry. That just I'm just old school like that. And I'm a brick player kind of guy. To I beat understand. the man, you gotta beat the man. Woo!
0: so <laughs> I'm gonna take it over to you, man. Your favorite, obviously, and your sleeper team to get into the top four, man. Give it, get, give it to us before we move into the next uh, segment.
2: Well, my favorite is, is I'm wearing them. Um, it's my favorite. Um, my sleeper is same thing. Um, Leo's Washington. Um, I think it all it comes down to quarterback play. And if you're talking about quarterback play, um, you're looking at. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., man. I mean, he's – I keep calling his name. I keep watching him play. And the more and more I watch him, the more impressed I get. Um, It's its just it, – he's basically setting records for that school. He's tossing beautiful passes, man. I mean, he's got good pocket awareness. Um, I don't know if they can get through that gauntlet they have, but if they do, you better watch out for certain
0: absolutely man georgia watches so man hey listen still got a lot of college football left man it's gonna come down uh to some very very crucial games man so we'll see how this all folds out and we'll hopefully be able to get on here on another podcast and and, and talk about it some more as we move forward into the championship game so listen fellas moving into the next uh segment here man we're gonna talk a little nfl football uh we're gonna talk a little bit about the atlanta falcons and what's going on with them and what's been transpiring here over the last 40, 24, 48 hours. I don't know what you want to call it. But, man, it's been crazy ever since this past Sunday. So if you were, if you didn't know, if you weren't aware, I let's just go ahead and get into it, man. Falcons are now at five hundred, four and 4 4-4 after eight games. Um, quick question, fellas. Are we where we thought we would be right now after eight games? Derek, I'm going to bring it over to you here, man. I took an L against the Titans up there in Nashville. Are we where we thought we would be at this point? going into the season at eight and eight at five hundred right
1: now? Just looking at the teams that we played, I'm gonna say no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's no way on God's green earth that we should have lost to the commandos and the uh, tighten up. We just shouldn't have. Considering how those two teams are reeling Commandos, that's what I'm going to call them, Commandos. Or, or you can call them the 4 The whole organization is dysfunctional right now. They're, they just shouldn't have lost that game. Um, the Titan Ups had a rookie quarterback come in. I'm not going to get into the specifics of it, but there's no way on God's green earth that we should allow that to happen, and we did. So 6-2 and two is what we should be.
0: I I think I, I agree. I didn't I didn't have us where we are right now at the mark. I know a lot of things have happened, and we'll dig into it a little bit deeper here. But I want to give it over to Banks. Banks, are we where you thought we'd be right now? Eight games into the season?
2: Absolutely not. Um, we are four and four, just like last year. We were four and four this time, just like the year before that. We were four and four this time. Listen, I'm there's no reason like Derrico said that we should have lost to Washington at home at home. And you went to Tennessee and played a first year quarterback. He never played NFL in his career. And he looked very comfortable back there. And he looked very, very, very just his, his pocket presence was just spot on. And we just made him do what he wanted to do. It's, 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 there's no words can describe Tennessee wasn't doing anything special defensively. We just we were just we just weren't doing our thing. We wasn't moving the ball. We it's easy to go against an offense led team by the Atlanta Falcons. Easy. You just go ahead and stop what they doing, like to do like we do what what we do best, which is run the ball, and eventually we're gonna score on them. And that's where we sit right now, fellas. We're at four and four for the third year in a row.
0: Yeah. Obviously, man, I mean, there are a lot of concerns here. we're going to do a deep dive into this. With well, like you said, Derrico, we should be obviously six and two. There's no way we should have dropped the game at home. The the Tennessee game here, uh, eh, Detroit, like you said, Derrick, o, we got our ass whooped. Man, plain and simple. We we just got our butts whooped up there by our superior team. The Jaguars game, we were in that game. We should have actually probably came away with that one. Um, You know, fellas, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with y'all and say we talked about this. No, I don't think we should be 500 right now. We should not. We should not. There are a lot of different things that brought us to this point. Um, So we'll talk a little bit about, first of all, I want to talk a little bit about the loss we took on the defense, man. Grady Jarrett, obviously that is a big blow to the Atlanta Falcons, man. This guy has been a pillar of this team for quite some time. He has been just, you know, the guy that you could depend on and count on on this defense. Banks, I'm going to give it over to you, man. Um, This defense has been playing very, very well, obviously, this year. Um, They've done some tremendous things, partly, in fact, to, you know, having Grady Jarrett there as an anchor of the defensive line. Where do you you know obviously, man, we hope Grady'll be back well, he will be back, obviously next year, but how impactful is this to this defense, and with him being out, can we still continue to sustain the level that we've been playing on
2: uh that's the question that I have no answer to Leo um uh Grady Jarrett was very important to this defensive line, a defensive line that's very black. For 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 a lack of better words, they 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 can't get home, and he's your best player on that line. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna it's gonna be noticeable. Um, can they sustain? I don't know. I really don't know. I I can't I can't say that with confidence that this defense is gonna keep trucking along because they got their lunches handed to them this past game without Grady Jarrett. So I don't know. I really don't know.
0: Derrick Cole, I'm gonna take it over to you, man. Losing Grady Jarrett, how impactful is this gonna be for this defense, man? And will we be able to sustain the level that we have? Because um, this defense has been playing good, man. This has been the best defense that we've had in quite some time. With him going down, man, are we gonna be able to sustain the level that we've been playing here over these last eight games?
1: Well, is gonna have to earn his, earn his keep this this rest of the season. If if you that guy, you're gonna have to mix up your your defense, your coverages. And you have to send people more. I'm sorry. At this point, you know that your best defensive player is out. So we have to mix up the coverages. we playing another rookie quarterback on Sunday. If we stay back there thinking that the four guys can get to the quarterback without Grady Jarrett, we're in trouble. We are in absolute trouble. So, no. I don't think it was brief. until I see it. If which I brings me to my next point. Which is?
0: Which brings me to my next point. We, we went out in free agency, and obviously we had to pick up some some help on the defensive front. We went out and got the great Kentavious Street from the Philadelphia Eagles to shore up the depth, uh, you know, on the defensive line. So, Derrico, you know, we brought him in to obviously, you know, help us out with some, some,
1: uh, some depth. You want depth or you want? Okay, let me ask you this. Depth is like... I'm just being... So,
0: th- first of all, Derrick, yep, o, I'm just yep, being yep. objective. I'm being objective. I just gave you who the Falcons went out and got in support okay. of losing and, Grady Jerry.
1: And, and let me say it like this. Depth is like the, the Savannah Port. You know what the Savannah Port can't accommodate? Cruise ships. Because it's not deep enough. Sweat is just like that. Or street, whatever his name is. That that that's exactly what it is. He's not deep enough. He's not gonna be deep enough. He's not gonna be able to let a cruise ship in. He's not gonna be the cruise ship type of guy that we need on that front for. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't see it. I mean, if you weren't playing where what it was, Philly? Chicago? Where, where yeah, it he from? was in Philly. They got him from mm-hmm. Philly. So this is what I this is what I hope that the guys in front of him, most of the guys from UGA that, that was in front of him was just better than him, and he's going to come here and show us why he should have been started. That's what I hope. That's what I pray for. But I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and, and act like that's what's going to happen. I mean, we typically go out and get people that just can't get it done on the team that they're on. So what is expectation for them to come here and do something different? I just
0: don't see it. <laughs> I, I don't know. Listen here. I don't want to get too far off in the weeds, guys, So we got a lot of stuff to touch on here and we're kind of running running with the time. So Banks, I'm gonna give you just a moment to talk about the free eight, the the uh trade deadline that just passed here on the 31st, um, back on Tuesday here. So listen, uh Derek O just explained his piece on Catavia Street. Obviously, we picked him up from Philly, but there were some other marquee names that were attached. Um, specifically one marquee name that was attached that the Falcons were trying to go after and bring here to Atlanta by the name of Montavious uh, Sweat, obviously a local guy who was playing with the uh, Washington Commandos, and uh, we were uh, in, quote-unquote, uh, supposedly in the running to try to get him here in Atlanta. Obviously, it didn't pan out. He ended up going to Chicago. Chicago let go of a second-round pick. Word on the street was the Falcons were trying to give a third-round pickup to get him to bring him here. There are a lot of, obviously, caveats to bring him here, contracts, all that other stuff. With that being said, Banks, I'm going to kick it over to you here. Did the Falcons do enough at the trade deadline, you know, aside from bringing in Contavious Street from Philly? Do you think that they should have been a little more aggressive Especially because they they made this move before Grady got hurt. But do you think they should have actually been a little more aggressive when when Grady went down? Do you think in Tennessee, Terry should have been on the phone being a lot more aggressive trying to get this defensive line some help, man?
2: Only way you can be aggressive, you just would have bumped bumped that third round to a second round. That's being aggressive. I mean, you had the offer on the table. It wasn't like you can make, Washington moved the ball, moved their feet faster than they really was doing. They were looking for the best offer. So if we saw that Grady Jarrett went down and we kept that third-round pick there, they just tells me that they weren't going no higher than that. They felt that Sweat was not worth a second-round pick. Now, mind you, you still got to put this in a contract by the end of the year, okay? So are you willing to do that and give up a second-round pick or if not, then I mean, you, you, I mean, they did what exactly what they did. They, they let Chicago come and get them.
1: Well, let me I say mean, this. You know. to your point, They second round pick is just like a bottom first round pick because it's a high.
2: Right, right.
1: You know what right. I'm saying. I, I, our second round pick would be in the middle. Probably in the middle. You know what I'm saying. So I understand why they did it, but this is what I'll say about. If somebody is is bitching about giving up a second-round pick for a proven edge rusher, can I go down this list of second-round picks just to give some people some 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 context as far as why I don't trust the Falcons with their second-round picks? Sure, go ahead. 2003, Brian Scott. 2005, Jonathan Babineau. 2006, Jimmy Williams. 2007, Chris Houston and Justin Blaylock. 2008, Christian um, Curtis Lofton. 2009, Willie Moe. 2012, Peter Kantz, 2013, Robert Alfred. 2014, Rasheed Hageman. 2015, Jalen Collins. 2016, Dion Jones. 2018, Isaiah Oliver. 2020, Marlon Davidson. 2021, Richard Grant. 2022, A.B.K. and Troy Anderson. 2023. Matthew Bergeron. Now you tell me out of that list of of players I just gave you, how many people that you recognize that are still in the league or impactful in the league or was impactful for the um, Atlanta Falcons? So giving up a a second round pick, I would have absolutely taken that quickly for Montez Swift.
0: I mean, you you make a good point. You make a valid valid point. I mean, a lot of those second round picks uh did not turn out well. I mean, obviously, I you know some of them were on a di- under a different regime. I get it, but yeah, they have traditionally not done well to hit well with second round picks. So yeah, to your point, obviously, you know to give up a second round pick, yeah, sure do it. I, but like I said, I don't know where they were, what headspace they were at you know, trying to go after Sweat. I don't know if they actually, you know, there are a lot of things that go into these decisions that are being made. And Banks, I'm going to get to you in just a second. Um, You know, with Grady getting hurt, you know, m- maybe insurance-wise with Grady being healthy, it was like, okay, let's see what his goals with a third-round pick. You know, if Grady had got, I mean, obviously you don't want to see your players get hurt. Had Grady, you know, gotten hurt, somebody else gotten hurt earlier maybe the Falcons would have been a little more aggressive I don't know like you said Banks yourself they stood firm on their third round pick and guess what Chicago you know they called their bluff and said you know what we'll give a second round pick and Chicago is nowhere near in contention but maybe they see the value in Montez Sweat Banks go ahead with your point before we move on to the
2: next uh the next question Case in point, you guys said it yourself. What if we did give a second-round pick? Do you really think that Washington was just going to sit there and say, okay, well, Atlanta, you, you you pawn it up. We'll take your second before we take Chicago's second. They're going to still take Chicago's second. We will have to throw a player in there or another pick with that. And do you really think all that will be worth sweat? I mean, a second and another pick? I mean, you, you, you basically giving a quarter of your draft away for a guy that you got to play money to off the rip, like off the rip, off the bang, you got to pay this man. So, I mean, I I don't see the big loss. I see why people are upset, but if you gave a second, you gonna still lose him because they taking Chicago second before hours. Please believe me.
1: I'm, 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 like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like I'm like I'm like F them picks.
0: <laughs> I get it. Hey, I get it, yeah, man. And they got, and they got, and they got, and they got the trophy to prove it. Hey, listen, fellas, we got to kind of move here because we're on the time frame here. So listen, um, the division, the division is still wide open. Obviously, man, this is a weak ass division. Yes, I said it. It's a very weak division at this at this moment. Uh, quickly, Derico, <laughs> is are the Falcons still in contention to win this division? I'm going to say this first. I'm going to preface this by this. There are two teams in this division that I feel as though pose no threat to the Falcons when it comes to winning this division. And there's one team, in my opinion, that pose a threat when it comes to winning this division. And in the last decade, the Falcons have not been able to prove that when it counts that they can beat that said team. Now, with that being said, in my opinion, the proof is in the pudding. You're going to have to be able to compete with that one sad team that I will not mention in order to fight for this division. I think this division is still very much so up for grabs, but you're going to have to pull up, put your big boy pants on and drop your nuts and prove to everybody that you can take care of business with that other team that I feel poses a threat to winning the division. With that, with all that being said, I know that was a lot to digest, Derek Where do you feel like we are with still winning this division?
1: I'm still caught up on you saying nuts. But if you
0: want a short answer, yes, that's a short answer. That's <laughs> a short answer. Short answer: Yes, to what? It's still winnable yes what,
1: man. it's still
0: winnable yes it is still <laughs> winnable <laughs> all right bring it over to you banks i know i spit out a lot like i said man if you need me to go back through the scenario i will two teams in this division i feel like pose no threat to the atlanta falcons at this point point. one team obviously poses a threat in my opinion the atlanta falcons need to prove themselves by actually exercising those demons and being able to say, hey, when it counts, we can beat that other said team to take this division. With all that being said, is this division still winnable? And do you see this team being able to take care of business to do that?
2: Uh, no. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, you have a head coach that's trying to call plays in Arthur Smith, okay? I think he's over his head trying to do that. Um I'm not going to break down his play calling over the year, over this whole season. It's been atrocious. You've seen it. I've seen it. This past game where he had the tight end thrown to another tight end, I'm not going to go through all that, but it was a wrong play call in that situation. I just don't believe in Arthur Smith anymore. I don't believe we win this division. I think we're going to miss out on it yet again, and I think this is going to be his last year.
0: Who, <laughs> Wow. Hey, who? that was a lot. So look, <laughs> gonna move a little bit, a little a little quickly here since we're up against the mark. I wanted to do a deeper dive into the next subject here, but obviously I'm gonna kind of give uh we're gonna we're gonna go with the short uh we're gonna go with the short answer here. So Derek, I'm gonna come over to you first. Obviously, yes, there's a lot tied to this team with the quarterback position. Not like I said, I'm not gonna go too far off into the weeds to talk about it. To let everybody know, if you've been living up on the rock, Desmond Ritter will not be starting against the Minnesota Vikings. We have moved to Taylor Heineke. Uh, Desmond Ritter's play has been the best word that I can describe. Desmond Ritter's play this year has been very inconsistent. And as much so as somebody that has not seen as much playing time as he has. He's basically still feeling his way through a rookie season. He came in. Four games at the tail end of his first year, he's still feeling his way in this offense and learning everything there is to know about this league. With that being said, um, Taylor Heineke coming in against the Vikings, will he give us the best chance to win this Sunday? Obviously, we know that the Vikings like to attack and blitz. We know that this is a – every game in the NFL is a must win, but if we want to still win this division, we got to do it. With all that being said, I know there's a lot around why Taylor Heineke is starting, but I just want you to let me know is this does Taylor Heineke at this point give us the best chance to win right now, Sunday against the Vikings?
1: If he can hold on to the ball, yes. That's that that was the biggest knock on our former QB one you can't leave the league in turnovers and (laughs) expect to win hold on to that
0: hold on to that Derrico I'm going to come back before we close this thing out Banks I'm going to give it over to you short answer does Taylor Heineken give us the best chance to win this ball game against the Minnesota Vikings this Sunday
2: no short answer no (laughs) no okay
0: look I'm going to give you I give you okay. I give you a few seconds to explain why Taylor Heineken does not give us a chance to win this game against the Vikings.
2: Okay, I will tell you, Arthur Smith still calling the plays. You still have a a coach who doesn't know. His ego is too bigger, too big for the team, and is bringing us down. Um, I can't say for a whole hundred percent that it was all Desmond Ritter. It was a lot on Desmond Ritter that he you know, lost games and lost the ball and turned it over. But a lot of it was play calling. Heineke is his first game playing with the, with the number ones that he probably practiced with without the number one receiver. Mind you, Um, a, a really, really questionable offensive line. And keeps saying that it's, it's it's better. I don't see it. So no, he doesn't give us the best chance to win. It's going to probably be about the same.
0: Okay. About the same. That's where you are with it. Listen, before I got a couple of things before we close this thing out, I just give you my two takes on it, Derricko. I'm in agreement with you. <laughs> Taylor Heineke gives us the best chance to win. I don't give a damn who's calling plays. Taylor Heineken has proven himself in this league as a quarterback that can get it done. I mean, Banks. Obviously, I understand your sentiments when it comes to Arthur Smith and your no vote of confidence with him and in, in calling plays, and has this has this job basically gone over his head i don't know that's yet to be determined there are people in place that'll make that decision when the time is right but Derek cole to agree with what you said taylor heineke in my opinion has proven himself as being the best person to get us this win because we need this win it's a game-by-game situation banks obviously there are some other things underlying that you (laughs) want to talk about it and we have to get to that to uh on a on a, on a later date on, a, on another podcast but listen fellas we've come up to the mark we've come up to the end of this show but this is something that i want to do new to the leo g show since we haven't done this before i actually went out to a couple of our listeners and viewers shout out to everybody that listens and views this show we we love all the feedback we love all our fans that are very very loyal to this show so i posed i went out and i said hey on social media i said hey guys Anybody have any questions for us to answer when it comes to Atlanta sports and, you know, our opinion, our hot takes on it or whatever? So we got a couple of questions. We'll give get some short answers. One of the questions we'll probably have to come back at a later date and do a deeper dive into, but we'll just give the short, short answers uh, as we close this thing out. The first question comes from our boy, Big Stokes. Uh, shout out to our boy, Big Stokes, man, who's a loyal listener to the show. Uh, he says, is this, was that the last start Desmond Ritter had in Tennessee? Will Desmond Ritter get another start here this season? Derrick Cole, over to you
1: first. As long as Arthur Smith is the coach, no.
0: Short answer. That sounds like a plan. Banks, I'm going to give it over to you. Was that the last time we see Desmond Ritter start here uh, this season, or will he make another
2: start? As long as Arthur Smith is the coach, Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think we're all in the grins, fellas. Desmond Ritter will start another game here this season before it's all said and done. Unless Taylor Heineken comes out and just looks like Kurt Warner and we win by 40 this Sunday against the Vikings. You never know, but I do think Desmond Ritter will start another game, Big Stokes. <coughs> I do think he'll, we'll probably see him start another one before it's all said and done. But you just never know. There's a lot of things that are going on in this league. And, you know, we got to get... This game Sunday against the Vikings gonna tell the tale. We shall see. I'm hoping for a win because I'm a Falcons fan. I'm, I'm ride with Atlanta. I'm, I'm riding with Atlanta. So let's see what Taylor Heineke can do. Let's see if we can get this win. Let the chips fall where they may, and then we'll talk about what's gonna happen in the next game going into to to Arizona. So let's get this one out of the way first and see what happens, and then we can we can talk about all the other stuff later. So listen, the, the, ball, the next party. <laughs> run the ball so listen this is the last question and this this is gonna be a two-part we're gonna have to come back to this fed obviously um but i just want a short answer and then we're gonna pull out this and we'll give what they call a quote-unquote cliffhanger and we'll leave this for the next episode so this comes from my man ted shout out to my man ted who's a loyal listener of the show uh this is a a big question man it's a, a good question obviously too uh with the nba season that has just started we haven't really talked a little bit about nba this year yet, but NBA has just started. Um, the Hawks are off to a pretty good, I guess, you know, uh season. They they lot they dropped the first game. They've won a couple of more here since the season started. But Ted says, I believe Trey Young is a losing player that in no way can you ever win a championship with him on your team. Since he's a box office attraction, would you keep him here for revenue or move him to a Better team, uh, Derrick. Cole short answer, and like I said, we'll leave a cliffhanger and we'll probably revisit this on the next podcast. What do you feel about that question with Ted and, and Trey Young?
1: Hey, Ted, first of all, thank you for listening, but tell me that you're a Luca fan without telling me you're a Luca fan. <laughs>
0: obviously you have a short answer and we'll obviously come back and we'll talk a little bit of nba and and atlanta hawks here on the next podcast how do you feel about what ted said about trey young
2: and um same thing ted thank you for listening um question for you ted um you said that he's a loser player but you want him to go to a better player and do well i mean why he just can't do that here why you just can't build a team i understand we've been doing it for the longest but you want to get rid of our best player to make somebody else better and do what with us here just what the lottery lottery bound I
1: just answered that
2: banks
1: oh okay well <laughs> i mean listen i you know
0: i i'm 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 in total i'm i'm very very confused banks with that question because like you said he's a losing player but you want him to go to a better team i don't uh, that's kind of a I don't. I don't understand that. So maybe I mean, Ted I thought
2: play- I, I thought losing players. I thought losing players don't play <laughs> for nobody else anymore. I mean, for him to go <laughs> somewhere else and make somebody else better. I mean, that doesn't make sense for us. I mean, it like- doesn't.
0: It doesn't. And maybe we can get Ted to come back, man, and 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 explain to us exactly what he means by that. I know Ted. I've known Ted for a long time. There's always. A, a, a backstory or a back meaning behind that. So I'm gonna get Ted to that, uh dig a little deeper into how that you know is is yeah. matriculating around in his head. So but that's, that yeah, but that's yeah, that's <laughs> Ted. Thank you for that Ted talk. Stokes, shout out to you, man. Thank you for asking the question about Desert. And anybody else, man, y'all want to reach out to us on social media. And and we'll definitely, you know what I'm saying, uh get into the questions, man, and do a deeper dive. Listen, fellas, man, it has been a pleasure talking to you guys about Atlanta sports. It always is. It always is, man. We get it out, put it all out here. Um, an hour is not enough. It really isn't, man. You know what I'm saying? We need to get with one of these major networks to pay us some real money so we can have a four-hour show, man, and really get it off our chest. That's what we need to do. But listen, this is all the time that we got, man. Um, I appreciate you all. It, you know. As always, coming on here and doing it big on the Leo G Show, Derrick Cole. Let everybody know where they can find you at, bro.
1: Man, just find me somewhere. Ted don't disturb my whole night. You can catch me at. You can catch me at Northside Drive, and I don't even know what it is right now. Just catch me in front of Northside Drive Sunday, in front of Atlanta, <laughs> Turkey.
0: Hey man, shout out the foul corners. Shout out. to... <laughs> Shout out that great group, man. Five quarters up there, man. The Northside Drive, man. Right across from Atlanta, Kentucky, man. They're gonna be doing it real big up there, man. I might or might, I might or might not be up there this Sunday. I have something else that I gotta, I gotta do, man. Um, I might get up there. I'll definitely be there at the at the real deal game coming up on November twenty sixth. Y'all know what time it is. I gotta be up there for that one, obviously. But man, shout out to them, man. If if you want the information, man, hit us up, man. Uh, and we'll and we'll get you all the details. Still waiting on Banks to bless us with his presence at one to tell He still had not done it. We still gonna hold it to him. He you gotta get up there, at least for one of them, or something, man. Let us know, man. Something. Banks kicking it over to you, man. Let everybody know where they can find you, man.
2: Um, just to a piggyback on you guys, uh, Derek Cole, don't let nobody steal your joy, brother. Um, that was just a question. That's all it was, okay? Um, you can find me at Antoine Jarrell Banks at Facebook and everyone who's been watching the show, I appreciate you because you guys will come at me at the you know at, at random times and say I seen your show. I seen your show. Well guess what? Tell everybody else about it. Subscribe to it. Keep the word going. And I appreciate you guys. Ask questions as well. Also find me at BabyBanks80 on X and Instagram. And to let um guys know, come this Sunday, the roof is open. It's still Twitter. It's still that's
0: what I'm about to say it's still Twitter. I don't care what Elon must say. It's still Twitter. And Dome ain't got no roof, man. Shout out to my man Young Shout out to my man, Yondro. So we're going to have this thing open. This weather been crazy. It's been all over the place. But apparently, it's supposed to be 70 sunny on Sunday, man. And we'll be able to enjoy it. Listen, man, you can always catch us at the Leo G Show, the number one, on Twitter. That's right. I said it. At the Leo G Show, the number one, on Twitter. Also, catch me on my personal Twitter account, at Southern Set with two T's. You can also catch us on Facebook, if anybody's still over there. We have a whole Facebook page, fan page over there. You can check us out. You can drop us questions. We'll be open to whatever. If you want to come on the show, come on. we will love to have you, man. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Bring your thoughts and everything to the show. Like, like Bank said, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Subscribe, like. It don't cost you nothing to like and subscribe to the show. You know what I'm saying? We do it. We don't care if you listen to us for an hour or 15 minutes. Just come, just support, just listen We do this for the A We do this as fans So our fellow fans, man, we want y'all to support us As we continue to do this, man Because we do this out of love, for real This has been another edition of the Leo G Show, man We look forward to doing another one, man We about to be out, fellas
2: And it's X